Now, uh, today, <laughs> today you are listening to, uh, those of you that are listening, it's the Stack Exchange podcast number 10. Our guest today is Steve Carranza um, from our uh, home improvement site, uh, where you know him as Sherlock Holmes. Uh, and he is uh, a moderator, I hope, and a and, uh, frequent user of no, one of our... No, moderator. Really? No, he's just, he's just a power Steve, user. Steve, we got to make you a moderator. That means I've got to be smart on a computer. I don't know how to do <laughs> that stuff. I pound nails. Uh, he's one of the first civilian users of uh, the Stack Exchange Network. <laughs> Um, by civilian, we mean non non programmers, of course, because we started out as a uh, as Stack Overflow, the programmer questions website, and then we when we started expanding into all these other fields, uh, you know, we we wound up having a lot of programmers talking about cooking, and programmers talking about parenting, and programmers talking about math, um, and then a few people that we consider to be civilians started to drift in um, uh, on on some of these sites. So you're a contractor, yes. How did you? Yeah, and I got in there because my son's uh he's a geek and uh, he's a computer uh-huh. engineer and he said, Dad, they've got this thing on uh, home improvement. You ought to jump in there and see what you can do. And that's how I got in- interested. Yeah, that's the theory. I mean, it's supposed to work that way. We believe. By the way, he just answered like the number one question we all had for the podcast <laughs> today, which is, how did you find Stack Exchange and end up on? It? <laughs> <laughs> uh. uh... What 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 are some? <laughs> how often do you t- tell, tell us a little bit about how you use Stack Exchange? Like, are you logging on regularly? Um, you know, once well, actually, a week. Joel, let me add a, a clarification. One thing that yeah. Joel and I have always wondered about is, Steve, did you okay. did were there any other other places online that you used to hang out, or is this? I mean, do you normally you know talk about you know contracting? Well, I, I never really got too much into the blogging. However, uh, I'm on this old house pro, and uh, and more so that I ask questions. But I get a lot of answers to things at work through this whole house pro and uh, mostly on new technologies and new products. So, um, you know, I always would go online for answers, uh, mm-hmm. you know, trade shows, things of that nature. But I found that online I could get a lot of different answers. When I got on this site, I found that there's a plethora of people looking for answers. But in all honesty, very few, very few people that really had good answers. Uh, because I, I think I'm the only contractor on there, even though I'd love to see some more, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, on some of the other trades, you know, plumbing, electrical, things of that nature, giving out a little bit, you know, you know, really good information. But uh, uh, so really, uh, this whole house and uh, that's the only one I really hang out on. So that one, you say you're, you're more of a peer to the other people on this old house pro because there are other contractors hanging out there like they're right. pros. Yeah, um, exactly. And and we've and so you can't really you probably find more questions you can answer on on DIY because we've got a bunch of people that don't know what they're doing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, it's more that on this old on this old house, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of contractors go there and ask questions specifically uh, about new things that are happening mm-hmm. uh, with the new IRC, which is the uh, International Residential Code. There's been a lot of changes in the last couple of years. The new NEC, the National Electrical Code, right. there's been a ton of changes. So they seem to be a clearinghouse for a, uh, a lot of folks who uh, don't want to go out and spend the $500 for the volumes of books. Uh, and, and I can't spend all my time down to town hall rummaging through books looking for you know answers to silly questions. Right. So I oftentimes find them on, uh, on this whole house. Now, Steve, Steve, I'm looking here at this old. There's community.thisoldhouse.com. Is that well, this, what you're referring to? Uh, no, there's a this old house pro, and you have to be invited to it. Uh, it oh. sounds stupid, but uh, uh, if if you subscribe to the magazine and you fill out enough of their little surveys, they ask you questions and they find out that in fact you're doing this work as a living, then you get an invitation to the pro. And then you have to sign on with this password and, and so forth. I see stories on on this, but is there a place I'm not seeing where you can ask questions here? Like I see articles that are written. Yeah, but there's there a lot like, of articles. You know, yes, there's a there's a total section for contractors to go in and ask questions. And I, I jump around and find the, uh, uh, you know, the uh, address for you. But I'm afraid if I jump around this computer, being a nail pounder, I'd probably lose you. <laughs> right. No, no. I think I, I think I actually found it here. It's community.thisoldhouse.com, but it's uh, pretty narrow. 
Yeah, but I think there's like a pro forum that's invi- invite only, essentially. Because right. what you I'm have seeing to be here a, is some. Yeah, you have to be a subscriber uh, to the you know to their parent uh, or their uh, magazine, and and like I say, you go through a, a series of little screenings. And uh, before they'll allow you to go on to the pro site because they do not want the pro site being inundated with, uh, you know, homeowners, do-it-yourselfers asking a lot of these type of questions. Interesting. That's clever. Yeah, very interesting. I do, I, I do like subscribe no to the magazine, but I don't understand anything of it. And I don't think it's that good, actually. It, it has its points. You know, the magazine is a little on the light side, real heavy yeah. on the advertising. Yeah. Uh, but every once in a while, there'll be an article that has a good – uh, a good tutorial, something that's worth savings. But now you can get them all online if, you know, at back issues and you can search for different uh, oh, things that you want to do. And then you'll come up with the different uh, uh, articles. Mm-hmm. So uh, wh- what can we do to bring in people like you into the site? Well, you know, that's kind of a good question. Uh, I'd love to see a few more contractors on there mm-hmm. because uh, there's so many people ask you know, ask questions, and, and I see people getting in over their head. Uh, <laughs> Half seriously. the time, the answer is, please stop. Don't, don't do that. Yeah, put, please put stop. Put away the know. power saw. Yeah. Uh, see, I'm, 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 I'm getting up there in years, <laughs> which a lot of the guys on the exchange know. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm semi-retiring and, and trying to get away from the nail pounding. Right. Uh, I call it nail pounding, but, I mean, I'm a general contractor, so I do a lot of, lot of different things. Uh, and moving more towards home inspections, uh, and I'm a, hmm. you know, I'm a certified home inspector. I've been doing that for about three years, so it's a lot easier on the body when I'm inspecting houses than it is when I'm building them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it'd be nice to, you know, have some other folks on there to kind of share the load. But uh, going back to what I was saying, you see a lot of people that uh, attempt to do things that are way over their skill level, right? Uh, and it, it, it invariably gets them in trouble. Uh, uh, <laughs> And I see it every time when I inspect homes, when I go into other folks' homes where they've, you know, done something, it, nothing works, or something's wrong, and you go in and you clean up a mess after the fact. What are the so, most? Okay, now this is going to be fun, but we're going to get a little bit off subject. But what are the worst <laughs> mistakes that you see people making? Probably the most dangerous is going to be in electrical. Sure. Uh, you, you see people that really don't understand, uh, and they get a book, you know, electrical one, two, three, at one of the box stores. And, uh, you know, it looks so easy. And then they get in there, but they really don't understand or they have no idea about the codes. Mm-hmm. They don't know about the safety issues that they're kind of really flirting with uh, <laughs> when they try to do this stuff by themselves. And yeah. then things don't work. And then they find they're in trouble and they stop popping breakers, this and that. Well, uh, one of the things that I love about electrical is that there's so many mistakes you can make and the lights will still work. So, for example, instead of using the neutral, you can use ground and, and the light oh, yeah. will go on. Uh, you're, you're, um, I'm trying to think of what the other things are that you can do that are kind of extreme. I've seen people somehow manage to get lights to go on with just a just a hot and the neutral and the ground aren't even connected but you know luckily there's a circuit somewhere through the yeah well you know when I, when I inspect houses for example uh i'm one of these type of guys i'm pretty fastidious and i check every single outlet yeah. in a house with a, with, a, with a circuit tester yeah i check all the switches little, you sure plug it in and the little leds go on to tell you if it's exactly if it's exactly yeah i find so many of them oh, that yeah. where the hot and neutral are reversed right which means uh, they've they've got the potential on their neutral side, and even though it's normally isolated from the ground, the fact is is that in, nowadays with plastic boxes and a lot of plastic fittings, the housing of the fixture is now hot. Right. And so if you were to touch that fixture, yeah, <laughs> and ground yourself, you've now become part of the circuit. <laughs> and it's very common. It's extremely yeah. common because people don't remember. The other common thing is. Um, yeah, making a light switch that interrupts the neutral instead of interrupting the hot. Exactly. Which so seems to work, a light hot. switch appears to work, but somebody goes to change a light bulb and they can electrocute themselves. Oh, exactly, because now the fixture is always hot. And and if the neutral has been broken, you know, on the back side, then uh, by all means, you know, the fixture is always hot. So, I mean, you see this type of thing all the time. Uh, you know, I see a lot of homegrown uh, plumbing uh, and I call it homegrown plumbing. <laughs> you know, you know, my drains don't work. Why do my drains always plug up? Well, right. they don't understand the slope and things. But, you know, I don't take credit for knowing all this because as a general contractor, I have lights and subs. And in Maine here, 
you know, our, all our plumbers, our electricians, uh, they have to have a master's license, you know, to be able mm-hmm. to pull permits. And when we pull permits, we all pull our own permits. Right. Electrical pulls his permit. Plumbing pulls his permit. I, as a general contractor, pull a permit. And uh, so I've been very fortunate to have some very good subcontractors, and I've learned from them over the years. That's why, you know, I kind of know a little bit about everything, enough to be dangerous. But uh, I can always consult with them, and uh, when I'm not sure, then just a phone call away to get the right answer. You know what I think probably everybody's number one question is, which they would ask a contractor, is, like, how do I go about choosing a plumber or an electrician or a contractor for a, for a more pro job? Like, how do you well, even know if the, the guy's going to be qualified or competent? Or yeah. yeah, that's a tough one, I'll be honest with you. A lot of states have licensing laws. Maine isn't one of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a lot of states that do not license contractors. If you have a truck and you own a hammer, you can be a contractor. Uh, I think what I've found uh, over the years has been mostly referrals. When, you, when you're getting a contract or you're bidding out a contract, you have to ask for referrals. Mm-hmm. And you've got to call these people. And you've got to root them out a little bit and find out, make sure they're not a friend, that they're not a relative right. that's building the guy up. Yeah. Uh, if you're building an addition, for example, uh, which is pretty common, you know, a room on the back of your house or you're doing a bathroom over something, uh, a lot of people are very proud and ask them, can I come see? Can, mm-hmm. I, can, I, can I take a look at what this guy did? Did you have any problems with him? Did show up on time? You know, uh, and, and I guess if I'm doing something very expensive, if I were doing something very expensive, let's say I was putting in a new kitchen for fifty, sixty thousand $60,000, which is not uncommon, mm-hmm. I might run a, 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 a credit check on the guy. Hmm. Make sure the guy's stable. Because yeah. uh, the biggest complaint you get is people, contractors start jobs, they run out of money because yeah. they yeah, underbid yeah. the job, and then they disappear. Yeah, they, they basically can't. They've taken some money, but they're basically kiting checks at some point, and they just Exactly. Can't. They're kiting. They're yeah. kiting money. They're paying today's work. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're doing today's work, but they've already spent today's money on yesterday's work. Yeah, we had and, the uh, first. Oh, boy, the first Fog Creek office was was a contractor that was probably in that position because we, we really had to hound him to try to get like the last sure. parts of the job done. Yeah. Um, and he was just, you know, sending out his nephew to do electrical work because he couldn't afford to pay an electrician anymore. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's a show on TV. I don't know if any of you folks out there ever watch it, but Homes on Homes. Yep. On HGTV. Exactly. This guy is my mentor. He is, he is the guy, he's my go-to guy. I'm telling you, I love him. And uh, I like because he sees the type of stuff that I see. Yeah. I because I do home inspections and ethically I'm not allowed when I do a home inspection to offer my services as a contractor to a potential buyer. But after they bought the home, if they want to call me, that's that's their business. But uh, the, uh, I have seen so much bad work over the years, and uh, I watch his program. And I love Canadian codes because they're so much stricter than American codes. Really? And, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Incredibly strict. Also, because they live in the North Country, they're much more tuned to energy conservation. Mm-hmm. They're much more tuned to dealing with the cold and uh, things of that nature. So I pick up a lot, and I, I tend to overbuild mm-hmm. uh, a lot of my customers. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm not cheap. And uh, when I compete with somebody who wants to be cheap uh, – you know, I just back right off and I say, if, that's, if you're looking for the lowest price, I'm not your guy. Yeah. And, well, uh, that's another thing, which is that I think a lot of the, this shoddy work is being done because people are just poor. <laughs> like, <laughs> they love to do they love to do it the right way, but they, you know, they kind of can't afford the good guy and they can't afford the, um, you know. Well, it's amazing how many people will yeah. ask you to come in and look at a job and then say, well, can, I only have X number of dollars. Mm-hmm. Can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? And they want to stretch that dollar, which everybody wants to do. Uh, but sometimes you just have to say, look, you can only do so much with those resources. Right. And, you know, if you try to do much more than that, then you're going to give up something somewhere. And uh, I personally won't give up the quality, but a lot of people will. And then, as you well know, it doesn't matter if it's car repair or home repair or anything else. You get what you pay for if it's done right. Mm-hmm. If it isn't done right, it isn't worth anything that you paid for it. There's also, I mean, there's a whole spectrum of quality of, of, of parts you can use. So you can, you can do it right, but you're building, you know, a, a cabinet, a kitchen drawer or something out of MDF instead of plywood. And then it's just going to have a 10-year life expectancy instead of a 20-year life expectancy. Oh, so- and there's... Oh yeah, certainly. Yeah, when you when I bring like, nobody could say that to, that was like wrong to to do it that yeah, way. Yeah, no, it's just uh, yeah, exactly. Cheap. 
yeah, you bring customers into the kitchen center at one of the box stores, and 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 I'll say it, I, you know, I love Lowe's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Lowe's. I I probably dump a hundred grand there a year, and uh, the reason is because. Uh, as opposed to the other box store, the people, they tend to hire people who know the trade in their departments, at least up in this area. Mm-hmm. So when you go in, you usually get a fairly qualified person. And uh, But to answer your question more directly, yes, people will go in and, yeah, they can buy the particle board cabinets with the cheap hinges. Yeah, they look nice on display. Mm-hmm. But if a cabinet's only $99, but a, a maple or an oak cabinet's 300 yeah, you're only getting a $99 cabinet. <laughs> you know, there, there, I think that uh, another thing that I've been taught is that the quality has gone down. Um, or basically, it's not that the quality has gone down; it's that the for all those things that the price stayed the same over the years, they've done that by finding new and exciting ways to cut back in the quality of things. So, things which used to be uh, steel are now plastic. Things which used to be um, plywood or solid wood are now you know, MDF or particle board or cardboard or, you know, yeah. it's always funny to see like the, the Ikea stuff where there's like literally a piece of some soggy cardboard that has been stapled on <laughs> to serve as the back, uh, you know, yeah, serve as the back. Exactly. <laughs> Eventually. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, yeah. but you know, there's still some real good manufacturers out there. And, and when you go into someone's home and, and a couple of the things we had on, on, uh, on the, uh, uh, home improvement thing is we got a, a little bit of a little bit of feisty uh, uh, stuff going back and forth because of home values. I guess here in Maine we're pretty fortunate. The average home here is still, and this is an average you know thousand square foot home, is still one hundred and fifty to one hundred eighty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And a lot of other parts of the country, these things have plummeted. I mean, you can buy homes now for thirty, forty thousand dollars. So you know my reference is a lot different than theirs are. But uh, someone who owns a, a middle-of-the-run home here, you're talking a quarter of a million to $450,000. Mm-hmm. If they're going to do a kitchen, for example, it's typically fifty dollars to $80,000 to do yeah. a kitchen. Yeah. And you can get some nice materials for that. Yeah. Boy, not in New York City. Whew. Really, <laughs> I would I would love to buy a home for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in New York City. <laughs> that's that's a that's a bathroom. That's a powder room in New York I City. I understand. <laughs> I, I saw a couple of weeks ago. I am not getting you four hundred and forty five square foot studio. Yeah, seven hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Is that is that on Manhattan? Is that in the island? Yeah, yeah. That's a different animal. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I well what's funny that, is that all the stuff, everything else gets marked up to to. To compensate, yeah. essentially. I mean, I just like we, we tried to get a little fence built around our pool, and the the contract was like I don't know, like twelve thousand dollars or something. Somebody proposed for like their entire houses that yeah. cost yeah. in some parts of the world. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a cheapo little oh, fence around the pool, uh, and it's just that the contractors, you know, pretty much mark up for the neighborhood, and, and you know, it it has People to do with the, it's, yeah, it's, it's, the it's what the traffic will bear, and I if all your contractors yeah. are charging that same realm, yeah. then you know there's you know it's it's like it's like gasoline price fixing. You know, you're going to pay what the pump says. Right. <laughs> Actually, I, I have kind of a related question, Steve, and I think it's it's interesting because it's something we see in the electronic world too, which is you were saying like, yeah, if you're buying the ninety nine dollar cabinet, you're getting the ninety nine dollar cabinet versus instead of the three hundred dollar one. But how are normal consumers supposed to know where the line is between, you know, you've got the $99, the $300, and the $700 one? And the $10 million. Yeah. So yeah, why is the yeah. $300 one worth it and the, you know, like $1,000 one if isn't? Like, what's the difference and what are people, like, looking for that actually tells them what's worth spending the more on? Okay. Well, like I say, if I'm doing a, a budget job, let's say we'll talk kitchens because that's what we're doing, or a bathroom is the same way. If they're on a fairly limited budget, I'll bring them to I'll bring them to a box store. I'll bring them to Lowe's, and they've got stuff there that you know from the low end to you know what I call medium, you know, little over medium end. Mm-hmm. It's not the you won't get the very top of the line. However, if I've got somebody who is you know there's no shortage of money, uh, I will bring them to one of the kitchen centers, uh, design centers. But the the real key is is the salesperson that works at the department. Doesn't matter if it's Lowe's, Home Depot, or you know a kitchen center. Is they're going to show you the differences in the quality? And for example, in cabinets, the big thing is is uh, a drawer. Now most people wouldn't know the difference between a four piece drawer and a five piece drawer. But a five piece mm-hmm. drawer, the face actually mounts to the drawer unit. If the drawer unit's made its sides, its bottom are all made of hardwood. It's dovetailed. In other words, it's cut. So you see these like little jigsaw puzzles, and they yeah. fit together. Uh, 
as it's opposed to it's just like nailed in or, or exactly or something. yeah you see them glued and brad yeah all the time on inexpensive cabinets <laughs> ikea staples but, Oh yeah, yeah, you know, the IKEA stuff. Oh my God, you know, build it yourself with those cam nuts. Oh <laughs> Lord! <laughs> but you know, you 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 you'll ratchet up the price. You know, if you go with all hardwood drawers, you go with the soft clothes. I just built a. I just in my own house. You know, there's an old uh, expression. You know, the cobbler's son goes without shoes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, my house. You know, uh, I built this house uh, 35 years ago. I'm still in it. And, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of rejuvenated a couple times, but my wife and I are thinking of retiring. So, you know, we're kind of going through it again. Well, we built a bathroom and, uh, we, the, the master bathroom. So, you know, she spent, you know, $800 on a four foot countertop made out of quartz and the cabinet's only four foot. And that was $1,500. Mm-hmm. But when you, when you close the drawers, they close themselves and then uh. they go a certain ways, they stop and then they close and you never hear them slam. Yeah. And also so all your Q tips don't slide to the back. Oh, yeah. not oh it's it's that's I why mean, you this need soft close. Thing weighs a ton in the front. I've had those. Yeah. Those things are nice. Yeah. Oh, they're beautiful. And when you move it, you know it because the thing weighs a ton. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it's a hundred percent hardwood construction. And uh, I mean even to the point where, you know, her toilet, you know, when she picked out the toilet, she you know, she picked a cola. You know, six hundred dollar cola because the toilet seat went down automatically. You know, <laughs> <laughs> was there was there like a remote control? No, no, no. It, you just touch it and it it, it uh, goes down very uh, slowly and it won't slam. Yeah, and I kind of like that because I consider it personal protection. Sure, <laughs> safer. <laughs> Safest toilet, uh, toilet seat out there. So, so, guys, I have a good example of uh, the dangers of what, what Steve is talking about, of what you don't want to happen. And actually, you know who owns this now, Joel? Our friends yeah. at the Cheeseburger Network. But I knew it oh. as uh, Steve, if you go to Google, you don't have to do it now, but type in, there, I fixed it. Oh. And oh, it's a picture oh, of wonderful. people who have done the most insane things. Like, I'm literally, I have on my screen right now a picture of, of an electrical breaker box. This is going to make you pass out, Steve, where they've taken a screwdriver and put it in as the fuse. The fuse yeah. is yeah. a screwdriver. And you're oh, like, yeah. wow, that that's probably not safe. I used to just put in a nickel, but it doesn't conduct, nickels don't they'll, conduct They'll, like, mount, anymore. like, a thousand pounds Penny. of something Penny. to the roof of a car with, like, yeah. two stri- strips of duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the the there I fixed it is pretty hilarious, and that's a lot of sort of a laundry list of the the worst possible things you can do in home improvement that are oh, extremely yeah. dangerous, but also kind of funny. Oh yeah, you, you get to see some hilarious stuff that people do, and I, I see it all myself too. I mean, it isn't just on the internet. I mean, I, I over the years, I, I can't even tell you some of the wild things that I've seen people try to do on their own. But that's it's 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 anecdotal, but. In the same respect, you know, I laugh about it, but I'm surprised more places haven't burned down. <laughs> there, there, there really is a lot of safety kind of redundancy in the code already. I mean, when you think about how, you know, once you have a GFI, you're using 110 instead of, you know, 220, which is common elsewhere in the world. Yeah. Um, you've got, you know, you've got good fuse boxes, uh, and the new code has a little gizmo. So if you try to push a paperclip into one part of the electrical box, sorry, if you... Take a paperclip and shove it into just one of the things that won't actually go in anymore on the new. Uh, well, they have uh, those the tamper-proof, right? They have yeah. some that are tamper-proof now. A lot of those are being used, especially in homes with children. Yeah, I think there's actually a. Isn't there a new code for uh, electrical outlets for receptacles that requires yeah. them to to have a, like a fail-safe so that you have to plug something into both prongs? You can't just plug. Well, it's called an arc vault. Uh, arc vault breakers now and they're very expensive but it's been the code now for a couple of years and you have to have yeah. them in bedrooms and living rooms uh, and we hear a lot of complaints about them but in the same respect uh, you know that's the new code and that's what you have to do on new construction but uh, uh, you know and as we do rehabs on old places uh, we certainly offer it but uh, they, so far at least in Maine they're not requiring people that are doing renovations to uh, upgrade to the arc vault breakers mm-hmm. But there are but sort of like that's why you can't you can't literally short it out. If right. you short it out, it it trips locally as opposed to bringing up a big arc and a flame and all the things oh. that happen. Yeah. So there, I mean, I, the truth is there there are sort of multiple levels of safety. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's it's only it's only wires in the hands of a moron. That, <laughs> pardon me, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> yeah, wires in the hands of most people. Yeah. 
Oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> so, so, so another question that I sort of stumbled upon was this way of measuring the height of a tree. <laughs> yeah, okay. That was yeah. that was a fun question. I mean, the, the premise is he he was trying to install, uh, let's see, an antenna that needed right. to clear some trees on his neighbor's property. Right. And he was trying to estimate like how tall within five feet is that tree. Exactly. And there were some really neat answers. Your answer was good. There were several very, very good answers. This is question number 7100 on DIY. Uh, but, uh, it fun. sounds like you related an old logger method. Yeah. Well, actually, a good friend of mine is an arborist. And uh, uh, I actually worked with him for almost a year. Uh, and it was really kind of fun. When I when I retired from the electronics industry, uh, uh, I, I decided I wanted to do something completely different. I wanted to be out of the communications. I wanted to be out of the electronics. I just wanted to just quit and do something different. So uh, I worked with this guy. And uh, we used to cut cut down trees and install uh, utility poles and things of that nature. And uh, he showed me this thing. And it was just as clever as could be. And uh, you stick your arm straight out about eye height, and you, you cut a stick to the same length as your arm. And then you walk backwards, and you look at the top of the stick until you see the top of the tree. And son of a gun, the top of that tree lands right where you're standing. And uh, I, always, I always found it fascinating, and it always worked. So it was just a fun thing. And I had a lot of fun with the answer. A lot of people have taken it way too seriously. <laughs> but then, of course, people don't get my humor sometimes. So. <laughs> If That's I'm not crazy, isn't that you. like an old like high school geometry riddle? Yeah, it can be. There's it's yeah. trigonometry. Could be. Yeah, it's, or, yeah, it's, it's, it's really it's just a one one radical two triangles. All you're doing. The answer is you is, climb up. You climb up to the top of the tree and you yeah. jump out with a stopwatch. When you hit the ground, <laughs> when you hit the ground, the stopwatch breaks. You see how much time has elapsed, and you do that. You know that little that little uh, you know simple formula from first year physics. That, that the shadow measurement on the way to the cool hospital. Too. Yeah, but you can see, also if I was on, measure the shadow. Yeah, you can measure the shadow. You can. However, uh, with the stopwatch method, the only way that will work is if you don't reach terminal velocity. <laughs> that's a good point. That's right. If it's a real tall tree. You're that's, done. <laughs> that's why I've been I've been I've been throwing a cat off the top of the tree, and I always get the same number. It's not it's not a reliable method because the cat reaches terminal velocity in about twenty feet. <laughs> At least it's not a dog. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh goodness gracious! They sort of they sort of spread their legs out, and that creates enough wind resistance. Yeah, yeah, flying squirrels. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm imagining. It's sort of so, it's Steve. Sort of, yeah, go ahead, Jeff. So, Steve, the one P keys, the one P keys. We've established yeah. that most people on DIY obviously are not contractors, and I know when I was working on my house, I do a few minor things, you know, so that my wife thinks I can actually do things. At least <laughs> that's important for marital harmony. Um, but you know, there's certain things I won't do. Like I don't, I don't do anything with plumbing because I'm like and terrified of water damage, like of just water like that. And I, I guess I would also put electricity in that category. Although I've installed light fixtures and really basic things like that. But any other piece of advice, like stuff where you know, when you know you're getting in overhead over your head, like what particular area? It's just you know, just electrical stuff, plumbing, like any well, you, key pieces you, of advice to know when you're getting in over your head. When I guess I would say, and I and I've. I've had a lot of customers call over the years in the middle of a project. When you get to a point of anything, I don't care if you're drywalling, if you're doing electrical, if you're trying to frame up a, a shed for the kids to play in, uh, if you have to stop and say, oh, my goodness, how do I do this? It's time to get some good advice. Uh you know, a lot of you can get a lot of it from a book. You can get a lot of it online. Uh, I'll relate a funny story to you. I have a very good friend of mine who just bought a fixer-upper house, and he bought it uh, last summer. I went over and did a home inspection on it for him, and uh, there were a myriad of issues. And it was an old house. This house was, you know, uh, built in pieces, you know, add-on room, mm-hmm. add-on room since the 1900s. So we're not talking a, you know, very, you know, new structure. And uh, some areas of the foundation were a little suspect. There was a lot of electrical issues. So he decided that uh, he could buy it at a very good price, and it was in a very desirable area, and it was the ugly duckling of the neighborhood, that he would buy it and gut it. And, uh, but he had no practical building experience of his own. So I said, well, not a problem. I'll give you a hand, and I'll give you all the advice you need. And uh, uh, many a time, I had to go over there almost like an emergency at 4 or 5 <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon because all of a sudden you get to a point where 
he was just stymied and he done it. He spent four hours trying to do one thing and it wasn't happening. And, uh, you know, and that's the type of thing people run into all the time. Uh, and it didn't, in his case, he had some real framing issues. He was trying to cut holes and bearing walls, which was not Oops. probably the best idea that he had of that day. <laughs> and, uh, uh, the, uh, and probably the most hilarious was he decided he had a roof leak during a storm. So, uh, in his infinite wisdom, he decided he better go up there and strip off that old roofing because it was bad. <laughs> well, he spent the whole day stripping off the roofing, never looked at the weather report, and uh, called me up and said, Steve, uh, what do I put down? I got all the shingles off. Now what do I do? <laughs> and I'm not kidding you. It was about to I'm rain. Not, well, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it, well, so we ended up, and, and thank goodness we had light until about, you know, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. Um, we went out and bought uh, uh, like six rolls of uh, Grace Ice and Water Shield and uh, went up there and coated this whole half of the – he only did half the house, thank God uh, – <laughs> and coated the house in Grace, and, uh, Grace Ice and Water Shield. Uh, and that night it rained and it rained hard. And he had just finished – or I should say we just finished – all the interior drywall, ceilings, painting, new light fixtures, new carpeting. The interior of the house was, was coming right along nicely. Yeah. And uh, – you know, had this gone awry because he just didn't think ahead, I mean, he could have ruined all that work. Yeah. So, I mean, this is the type of thing people get into because he, he didn't have a clue. Once you get to that point, it's like, oh, my God, now what do I do next? You know, Not, I, not you know. being able to think ahead enough to think you're going to get into a situation where. <laughs> and people underestimate the mean. time. They underestimate sure. the time it's going to take them to do a project. Well, and he I'll, really thought that he could do this thing and strip it off in the morning, run down to the local uh, – low store and buy a bunch of rolled roofing because this is a pretty flat roof not flat flat but flat enough you know buy a bunch of rolled roofing throw it up there be done in one day and then come around three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon he's deciding he's got a problem on his hands oh. wow just a few tarps that's all you need tarps tarps can fix <laughs> yeah. anything duct, yeah a really a really large amount of duct tape large amount of duct tape you need a doctor <laughs> of tarpology <laughs> Tarpology. We went. We went on some trip recently in California. I don't remember where we were exactly, but there were just tarps everywhere. Tarp was like the general way to fix any problem with your house that you have. Oh, roof leaking. Tarp it. You know. Yeah. yeah. Just tarp, tarp, tarp. It got to be running. Look, a tarp. A tarp. <laughs> Call up one of those uh, wet wedding party rental places and rent a tent that's larger than your entire Huge house. Huge tent. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Well, that's exactly where he was going. He, he called me up and he was in a panic because I, I got to go down and get some tarps and cover up the roof because I don't think I, I can't get it done tonight. And I, I said, well, let's, let's, let's think this through. So, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we've, you know, I've had to go down here more than one occasion. And, uh, uh, and again, I hope he isn't listening. Uh, he tried to do his own plumbing for one of the bathrooms and, uh, he kind of got to a dead end. Uh, and so I, I gave him the name of my, my plumber, sent my plumber over. There. I said, uh, you know, Mark, you, you know, you, this is something that's got to get inspected, you know, blah, blah, blah. Did you pull a permit? No. Okay. Well, we got to go. We got to backtrack. So I sent my plumber over there. And after the plumber got done, he called me up and he said, Steve, he says, you've never seen anything like that in your whole life. He says he must have spent five hundred dollars, five hundred bucks on shark bites. Uh, shark bites is a, uh, a thing that goes on PEX tubing, plastic plumbing tubing. Mm -hmm. And it's a shortcut. And you can you don't need special tools. You kind of put them on. You just tighten them up with a wrench and they seal up. But they're expensive, very expensive. You know, you can spend five to ten dollars for a coupling, but they're handy in their place. Yeah. Well, he he must have had fifteen of these suckers in that system because <laughs> he didn't he didn't know how to sweat pipes. Right. <laughs> well, that's I mean that's something you, you, you there's no way to just learn it from a book. That's something you got to have somebody show you and you got to have experience. Exactly. And, and, and I do really a problem. lot of work with people, and I, I don't have a problem. A lot, a lot of contractors do, but I've gone and worked with the homeowners on a lot of occasions, especially things like building a deck, or they want to save some money. Mm -hmm. uh, I say, well, you know, if you want to be the lumper, you know, instead of bringing over my 10 or $15 an hour lumper, you're going to be the go-get-it guy, and you can learn as you're doing, mm -hmm. and, or as I do. And I don't have a problem doing, with, uh, doing that in most cases, and most customers are pretty good about it, and they do learn. Yeah. Uh, but you know, a lot of co contractors won't even consider that type of. I, always, uh, I wonder about arrangement. that on all the on all the home, uh, HGTV shows. They always have the homeowners doing their own tile in the bathroom, 
And, good and luck. it seems to me that they're, it's just not going to come out good. It just seems like a t- good yeah, luck. it's a terrible decision. Yeah. It's like, that's one of the art, the artistic things. Yeah. Hire someone to do. Same thing with like taping drywall. Yeah. Taping drywall yeah, yeah, yeah. requires a lot of skill and like technique just and experience. practice. Yeah. Yeah, technique and practice. Like get someone, well, nail the drywall yourself and then hire someone else to come tape yeah, it. Nail, well, well, yeah, you need to do a small practice project. I mean, for stuff like that, yeah. I think you'd have to say, look, before I even start, I'm going to do a sample project just like, you know, with a piece of wood. Like, yeah. can I tile this random piece of wood and make it look like it doesn't suck? And oh, yeah. you know what I mean? You don't just start the ones. project. Yeah. Well, people do. They, they bite it off. But you're right. Some of that stuff, when you get into intricate tile work, uh, drywalling. I mean, I do drywalling on small jobs only because of the fact that they're too small. My subcontractor won't bother to do them. Mm-hmm. But if I'm doing, you know, say, a 1,000 square feet of wall uh, or whatever the case might be, I bring in my sub. And and these guys can do in four hours what would take me two days. And I'm not shabby. Yeah. But these guys are artists. And even though they're craftsmen, they're artists. And it's the same with tile guys. These guys are artists. Uh, uh, Plasterers, they're artists. Yeah. You get a guy who's been doing this for 15, 20 years. It looks effortless. On TV, they make everything look so easy. But you're looking – and people think because it's a half-hour or one-hour show – that gee whiz, I should be able to do that. When in fact, you know, the editing room is is covered oh with God, probably yeah. twenty five hours of of tape and labor. Well, the secret is that the cameramen on those shows are pretty lazy too, so they only really showed up <laughs> for about five minutes of the entire construction project. Actually, the editing—that's quite the opposite problem. They have to stretch out their five minutes of footage to make it oh, look God. like they really renovated a house. <laughs> but, you know, I, but I love DIYers. I really do. And that's one of the reasons I go on to the exchange because I do want to help people. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. really kind of a, a mentor type and I don't mind sharing. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I kind of hand it to people when they want to try this stuff. There's nothing like learning. But I found, and I did the same thing. I mean, I learned when I built my house. And I, okay, I'll bore you with another story. I'm a storyteller. I was 20 years old and uh, I wanted to build a house. I went out and bought a kit from Lindell Cedar Homes out of Washington State. It showed oh, up on I a love this railroad. story. This is great. I showed up on a railroad car. I enlisted like eight of my college buddies. Uh, we'd all just graduated. So they all hadn't run away yet. Uh, <laughs> so I enlisted them. We, uh, 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 and I, gee whiz, I got to remember all the story. I just got back from basic training or something from the Air Force. And anyway, I decided to build in this house. So we go down to the railroad siding. I rent this big truck. We unload a house out of a <laughs> railroad car. Yeah. And we bring it up here. At least I had the smarts. I subcontracted out the foundation and the excavation work because I didn't have an excavator. Right. Matter of fact, the only two power tools I owned was a $15 Sears Craftsman circular saw and a jigsaw. <laughs> that was it. I miter saws and chop saws, those type of things, weren't even invented yet. Uh, I'm not kidding. <laughs> that stuff wasn't even invented. So, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> I bring this whole house here, and uh, uh, and this thing has steel beams in it. It's a post and beam construction. I, you know, some of the folks might know what that is, mm-hmm. but uh, it's not your typical, uh, you know, framed house well the beams in this house some of them were 30 feet long and had a steel i-beam sandwiched in between two large two by 12 pieces of cedar so you couldn't see the steel and they weighed 800 pounds a piece and i'm saying to myself we got them on the truck with eight four eight guys we got them off the truck but as i'm putting the posts up how am i ever ever going to get those 800 pound beams on top of these posts right Needless to say, I had to go out and hire a couple of guys to help me do the framing. And it took me about a year and a half to actually build the house. But I had a very good friend of my father's, actually, who was a carpenter. And thank God he took pity on me. <laughs> he would come up here uh, nights and weekends. And he was a carpenter for the city of Portland, worked for the Public Works Department. And he came up and taught me and brought up tools for me to use and things of that nature. And so I learned some of the stuff from a pro. And uh, at the time, I was only 20 years old, 21 years old, uh, and I thought I could do anything. Uh, and I found very quickly that I couldn't. So I, very quickly, I, I got respect for people who had years of experience. And, uh, and that kind of served me well through my whole career. But, uh, but neither, neither here nor there. 
the only way you're going to learn to do something right is to watch somebody and, and mimic and do it with somebody else and do it a few times. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Joel, this is an interesting point because I was making yeah. that same point on the last podcast about, you know, reading other people's code versus coding mm-hmm. with someone. Mm-hmm. See, that, that to me was, was kind of the point I was making there. You've got to sort of work side by side with people that are more experienced than you, you know, yeah, that are better than you at some level. And that's, that's where I got the move. The most benefit. Sometimes it's just like, hey, here, watch. Let me show you. It's and and you yeah. watch somebody do some simple step, and and you sort of worlds open up to you. Oh yeah, it's incredible when you when somebody does their job for ten years, or fifteen years, or twenty years. You know, it's stuff that you're never going to see in a book. Right. It doesn't matter what trade you're in or, or what discipline you belong to. There's something to be said for experience, and technology moves forward, and techniques modernize. But a lot of times, the, the old tried-and-true methods still work pretty darn good. We have – I mean, the truth is when you come – this is probably something you see on DIY is that computer programmers are used to working in something where they can make as many mistakes as they want because anything you do can be immediately changed. Uh, you know, like every line Joel, of code is just an experiment. Well, we say measure, measure, not at all, cut yeah. 50,000 times. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that actually, that is actually a viable strategy. That's that a good is point, how it Steve works. Joel. Yeah, yeah. yeah you I, cut I often 50, say, times. gee whiz, I cut it four times and it's still too short. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> exactly, yeah. You yeah. get the, the little, oh, well, we'll make it a coffee table if it can't be a dining room table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, measure twice, cut once, and oh, well. Yeah. What can you do? <laughs> um, but, but that doesn't – now, it is true that technically any mistake you make in construction can be fixed at great cost, but you might have destroyed a lot and wasted a lot of time. So there's really a lot there's of – There's no uh, control Z in construction. Yeah, there's no undo button. There's no uh, um, you know experimenting. It, it's real. It's physical. And yeah. you know, if you don't do it right, you've you got a problem on your hands, and it usually means taking it apart. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of times material. you just don't have time to like stop, do research, and call somebody because some glue somewhere is drying, or some cement is hardening, uh, or you need to like lift something up, you know, into exactly the right position in in one swoop. So, you know, with 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 programming, we can stop every every five seconds, take a day off, and go study or do an experiment. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes yeah. there are these these time dependent things. So it's actually in in many ways it's a lot harder, or at least you have to know what you're doing. You can't just kind of flail around and make, pro- make oh, it, it helps to kind of have an idea what you're, what you're doing, what your end result's supposed to look like. <laughs> so one other thing, Joel, is that I found is very helpful, and I, I learned a lot, was early on um, I had a job where we, we were building 911 systems, which is, should, you should be scared. I mean, I think I've mentioned this before. But scared. This is the person who advocates my open idea as a login. Who did you build 911 systems for? Because I designed those. Really? Uh, well, yeah. I, I can't really want to say. I'll, I'll tell you after the call. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but the, the the thing I liked about that, though, was that it kind of mattered in the sense that your code had to work because in theory, people would die. Like in theory, people yeah. could get hurt if your code didn't work. And the other thing that worked really well was that when your code didn't work, these, these 911 systems were in places like Guymon, Oklahoma. That's why I brought up Guymon the other day. I've actually been to Guymon, Oklahoma. That's a place. You don't want to go there, by the way. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> when it's, things it's didn't work, you had to get on a plane and fly to Guymon, Oklahoma. So believe me, when the threat is, if your code doesn't work, you're gonna have to fly to Guymon, Oklahoma. You start making things work really well. I can, you know, Jeff, I will put you on a plane to Guymon, Oklahoma. Don't, don't. <laughs> right. So I, I don't think, think I won't the lesson it. I'm trying to the share here is like you have to live with the consequences of your code. The most dangerous coders are the ones where they're sort of in that ivory tower. They produce code, and then someone else has to deal with the problems it creates. The mm-hmm. best coders are the ones who they're willing to deal with the problems their code creates directly. Like they're willing to interact with the users. They're willing to see, you know, how difficult it is to use or why it doesn't work. And, you know, you have to see that. You have to live through that to understand. And, and that's, to me, one of the biggest dangers of programming is the whole ivory tower thing. We used you can to get away with that. Yeah, years ago when I was with Motorola, uh, I did uh, in, industrial telemetry and I did uh, uh, consoles. Uh, public safety consoles, which, uh, you know, fed into the 911 stuff. And, uh, you know, my job was to, to do the initial design, sell it, you know, sell it to the municipality, whatever the case might be. And like you say, when it got down to the install, we'd bring out engineers uh, specifically for the, you know, the shakedowns. And But I would be on site constantly. 
because I had the big picture of how things were supposed to work. I was not a programmer, not at all. Uh, but these guys were, and and uh, uh, there was some long late nights. You know, when you had deadlines and you were flipping over a system for public safety, and, and, and it's reminiscent when we did the one in Watertown, New York, which basically controlled all of northern New York State. Uh, there was a deadline, and these guys were sweating it, trying to get this thing to work right. So uh, I, I appreciate your pain. Yeah, but I think it's important that the pain is shared. Like, you can't have people insulated from the pain because they have to feel it. Otherwise, they're not incentivized to make it go away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and of course, you got police chiefs, fire chiefs, and, and town selectmen and county commissioners breathing down your neck to make sure this all happens because they just spent $2 million. Guyman, Oklahoma. I'm just looking up. <laughs> Check that out. Don't worry. I'm on Meta every day. That's much worse than Guyman, Oklahoma. <laughs> By the way, guys, heads up. 15 yeah. minutes. Okay. I, I want to uh, take one l last question from the, the live chat room. The, the question, um, Steve, the question that most people voted up uh, from our chat room that they want to ask you is what parts of using Stack Exchange do you not like? Well, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a computer geek, so there's a lot of it that I'm not really even familiar with, and I've been corrected on several occasions. Uh, for example, they uh, they said, like, when I tried to put a little thing in, how many people are going to listen to this podcast? Mm -hmm. They said, well, that needs to be on the meta. Well, to be honest with you, I didn't know – I really hadn't paid much attention to the difference between them, and I'm learning a little bit about it. Uh, when they were looking for a moderator, I, I said I'm not at all interested in that because I don't know enough and I don't have the time. Uh, to really kind of learn how to, you know, take care of all the uh, the issues with this, you know, whatever it is, the software, or, you know, like you tell them, stupid when it comes to that. Yeah. Uh, so I, but you know, uh, what I do like is a uh, there's a, there's a good core of people out there, and, and we get at odds every once in a while, but there's a good core of people that really try to answer. Uh, not as many as I'd like to see, and I'd like to see more people out there that have expertise in, in some of the other fields, whether it be excavating or tile or plumbing, whatever. Uh, and I don't know how we attract those people, but I'd love to see that. Uh, I, I, some, I sometimes uh, actually not answer things or try not to answer things because I don't want to be a know-it-all, <laughs> but I, I kind of get sucked in. When I see answers and I know they're wrong, <laughs> I know is, they're going to lead somebody down the primrose path to yeah. destruction, then I feel it's almost necessary to step in and say something. And it may upset some people sometimes, sure. but I'm not there to make friends either. Yeah, one of the th problems that we've had with some of the stack exchanges, I'm, I can't really think of which one I, I saw this on, but um, it was actually startups.com, I think. Some, sometimes it happens that you just don't have anybody that knows the right answer. And you get some really arbitrarily wrong answers, exactly. and nobody's there to challenge them. So, you know, our system is supposed to be uh, a little bit uh, resilient to bad answers because you can vote them down. Like, you don't have to come in with the right answer. You can just, you know, give it a minus four. <laughs> I hate doing that, though. I, I, I think I probably used maybe five down votes, you know, since I've been on since last October because I just, I just feel so bad when I do that. Like, I'm, I'm dissing the poor person, you know? They that, tried. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, but I mean, part of it is like this, these are peer-reviewed answers, and, and, you know, there's nothing insulting with saying, you know, that's just, you know, you may think that, but that's not right. <laughs> well, you know, in all honesty, I, I, I got into a few exchanges with some folks that were on earlier on when I was on. And I go on every day just for fun of it. I'm one of these people that sleeps four hours a night, so it's not unlikely to see me on at 2.30 in the morning. Uh -huh. But uh, 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 and I think I drove them away because they used to be on there quite often. Uh, I took issue with some of their advice. Yeah. And they seemed to, the type of people that wanted to answer every question, whether they whether knew they anything knew or, or they didn't know anything. Yeah. And I, I got on their case a little bit uh, to the point where I told a couple of them, if you, especially it was electrical questions, I believe, I can't remember now. So if you don't know what you're talking about, you're going to hurt somebody. If you don't know enough to give a right answer yeah. or research a right answer, then be quiet. Don't yeah. put somebody in harm's way. And these, some of these people disappeared, and I felt bad because they probably insulted a bunch of people. Wow. Well. But they deserved it. Well, <laughs> I don't want to say they deserved it, but that's the truth is um, you may have saved a life. You may have, that's right. Well, I you probably I don't know. About, well, you never know. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to take credit for that, but I don't think that that's quite true. But we'll, we're you know. very much. I mean, there have been a lot of. I don't know if you've ever participated in them, but there are a lot of 
uh, question and answer sites on the internet over the years that are full of uh, amateur and useless advice, uh, you know, that appears to just be, you know, kids you know, <clears throat> chatting. Uh, yeah. You, you know, uh, I won't name names, but most of the big question and answer sites on the internet um, get, you know, fairly low quality answers from people that don't know anything and they're just using the internet to communicate and have fun. Uh, you know, the sure. example I like to give is if you search for, um, I have a Siberian Husky, and he was eating a lot of grass and throwing up. So I would search on the Internet for, you know, dog, eat grass, throw up. And on these <laughs> sites, you would find people saying, oh, yeah, you know, uh, the, the, the dog probably has an upset stomach or is sick, and he's eating the grass to self-medicate because it induces vomiting, and you should let him do that um, because it's probably something bad he ate, and that's a good way for him to purge it. And then the other is, oh, yeah, dogs like to eat grass because it tastes good, but it makes them throw up, so don't let them eat grass. So those are opposite, and there's no way to know. <laughs> the Internet will not tell you which of these answers is correct. You will find those two, and you will find hundreds of other crazy answers about, you oh, know. exactly. Uh, yeah, so, I've never really gotten involved in any of those sites myself. Uh, I, I've used a couple because I do, you know, uh, I use like the uh, – uh, the Wiki, the Wikipedia, Wikipedia one or whatever, yeah. but I kind of I'm looking for something specific, and uh, I can kind of sort through, and then I'll I'll you know kind of double check things before I take anybody's word for anything. Right. But uh, I'm kind of a pragmatist, and uh, I don't really believe that many people anymore. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, I don't participate in a, in much of those. This is the first one I've really got into. Uh, I, I was actually when I when I get certified as a home inspector, one of the things that the uh, the teacher said, well, you know, write a write an article for your local paper or something like that. So when my son suggested I do this, I said, well, maybe this is a way to start building up a library of answers, which obviously I might have to go in and edit for whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I've actually talked to a couple of local papers about putting a, an, uh, a column in. And uh, they said, geez, that might be good. You know, like an ask, uh, Ann Landers or ask, you know, ask mm-hmm. a contractor type yeah. thing. And, uh, of course, I'd have a whole battery of stuff. You don't always have to answer the questions people send you, but as long as you have a question in there every week, you know, someone's happy. Yeah. And you can make seasonal or whatever the case might be. Uh, but when I do something like that, even when I use some of my answers, I'll cross-check it. I will go to this old house pro, or I'll go to uh, a couple of other sites that I use for specifically this. And I might check a few things before I answer, or I'll check someone else's answer. Mm-hmm. And it sounds really suspect. Mm-hmm. Uh but you know, uh, you know, uh, but I, I, I kind of, I like writing. Uh, when I was in the military, and uh, I did 26 years in the Air National Guard in uh, communications, and I was a safety inspector for many of those years. I had to like, write a lot of reports, mm. and uh, so they, they kind of teach a, a very technical way of writing. It's, it's very impersonal. It's a technical way of writing, so I kind of enjoy doing it, and I found that this is a good outlet. To write answers, and sometimes they get a little carried away. Sometimes they're short. You never know. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it, it's fun. I mean, I, I kind of enjoy it. It's therapy for me to be able to write this stuff down. It kind of reinforces in my mind that I'm not totally stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love it. Uh, we we uh, um, obviously you've been a huge uh, um, benefit to that site, the DIY site, um, and uh, um, yeah, we certainly appreciate certainly appreciate it. And you've, I, I think, you've answered questions that that I've used on my own projects. And so um, uh, we're happy to Did have you as a uh, as Did a it member. work? <laughs> Did the advice uh, work? <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and check. Well, we'll see if the house burns down. Okay. <laughs> so oh, far, oh. so far, it has not burned down to my knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hey, I, I just want to take a second, guys, if I can. Yep. Uh, we canceled the last time. Uh, and I just want to, I don't know who's listening or whatever, but I just want to remember my, my friend Mike Slavic, who was a master plumber that I used for years who was tragically killed in a motorcycle accident the day before the original uh, podcast date. And uh, uh, wicked nice guy, super, super smart. He taught me a lot. And uh, just wanted to mention him and uh, just remember him because he's one of my mentors. Great. Thanks. Okay. Good. Well, um, <laughs> That's that, a bummer, isn't that it? That is a little bit of a bummer, but... Uh, uh, but uh, no, yeah, that was, you know, trust that me. Is, uh, trust me. He's, he's probably... He's probably pretty happy doing what he's doing right now, I bet. He, so Yeah, he's certainly not listening to this podcast, I'll tell you. No, that. he ain't. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, but he he could give me he could give me some crap about stuff too. He said, No, <laughs> Steve, you don't do it that way. Come here, I'll show you how it's done. <laughs> 
Yeah. Sometimes oh. I wish that uh, you know in the programming field there there were people to say that. You know, or that there was a, a way. It is. It is. But you guys are doing a pretty good job. I, I see this thing expanding. I, I, I obviously I want to see more people on the DIY thing. Uh, love to see some more contractors. See some more really good, knowledgeable people. Because I think it could it can be a super resource. And the way you can search the different questions, I, I'm finding that you know my reputation points, for example, just keep skyrocketing. But a lot of these things that I'm getting votes on was stuff that happened four months ago. So people are looking back and they're searching for answers to particular topics and they're using sure. using that. So yeah. uh, I now, think as the library of answers builds up, it's going to be even better. Oh, yeah, that's definitely um, – it's always been our design. And, in fact, even though we have the search function, uh, the vast majority of people who don't even know about our site will search on Google uh, and if we have an exact answer or if we have something that matches their search keywords, uh, they'll land up on our site. And so most of the people that read the answers to those questions don't even know where they are. They just typed a question into Google uh, and landed on us. Sure, uh, so sure. So the, uh, the more great answers we can build up there that match questions people are asking, you know, everywhere in the world on every search engine, uh, you know, the more helpful that'll be. And, and essentially, you know, a lot of people think – about uh, our site as a way to get an answer for the person who asked the question. Um, but if you look at those questions, you'll see uh, that, um, that, that you know, we list next to every question how many views it's gotten. Uh, and a lot of these questions, after they've been around for about a year, they might have had hundreds of views. And so, you know, I'm looking at a random question here uh, that somebody asked about sliding glass doors. And, you know, it was asked by one person uh, it was answered by three people. Um, it was voted on by a total of maybe five or six people, but 322 people have read the, have read that page or have viewed that page. So the very act of asking and answering is just a very tiny part of the usefulness of that question over time. Sure. And sure. It bears mentioning repeating that those, our views are calculated very conservatively. I yes. mean, I would, easily double that in terms of like real people that saw it we should uh Jeff, easily x2 that number go go ahead and just put that in the code eh, <laughs> that. i'd rather be conservative but just just, just so you know we are very conservative with that number so the views <laughs> i easily double it i, I listened to that it, podcast yeah. where you guys are discussing that and i, I found it very amusing <laughs> <laughs> we work on a lot of these details I, I feel like uh sometimes you get a very low view number and it's demotivating and so i'm constantly in, in, encouraging well, jeff to do what he can to improve the uh Quality there was an issue on the metas. That, I, that was a legitimate issue that he's referring to on, on the metas. Well, I, no, I kind of agree. We, Today I did a little study on Google Analytics and found that Google Analytics knows of about 3 million page views uh, on the Apple site, for example. And our view count only knows about 1.2 million. So, yeah, so about uh, half, like I said. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch of uh, missing But also Google, I mean, well, we, we don't need to get into the technical details of counting cookies and how weird that can be. But, uh, yeah. but anyway, Steve, to your point, I mean, that's exactly why, I mean, I, I don't participate that much on DIY because it's not my area of expertise, but it's the same logic that I use. It's like, I want to, I want to leave a trail of breadcrumbs for other people to follow so that we can go further, you know, so people can get past where I went and figure new things out. Like I don't, I want people to have all new, all exciting problems. I get really tired of the same problems over and over. That's just boring. It's like. Let's find, you know, new, interesting problems to solve and sure. you know, leave a trail of the existing ones so you can, you know, you don't have to solve the same thing 50 times or in, like you said, the, in the wrong, dangerous way. Yeah, Maybe that's why the height of the tree question got so much, uh, you know, got so much press because people love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that was a fun one. I enjoyed that one because I thought that was pretty educational. And I think education, like, we're there to learn. Like, you're there as a professional because you feel like it makes you better to sort of go over this in your mind, like how things work and, and also share what you've learned and or what, teach others what, what you know and then others are there to learn. So I think it works on both ends of the spectrum, whether you're teaching or you're, you know, you're learning. And I think maybe both at the same time sometimes. And, and that's why we go there to, to learn. I mean, that's what's exciting about the network to me is, you know, I feel like I've become better at something every time I go there. It's not just pure entertainment. It's, it is entertaining. But I'm also learning things, mm -hmm. and that's what life is about, you know. So well, I'm going to be a learner here pretty soon because I'm going to sign on to the new garden, gardening and uh, horticultural oh, yeah. site, and I'll be nice. one of the people asking all the silly questions, not one of the people <laughs> giving all the silly answers. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be cool. Yeah, that's a yeah, that site's doing pretty well. Gardening.stackexchange.com uh, got a lot of traffic. 
Now I have to. I have my son said I have to log on separately onto that, so I won't bore you with the details. He'll teach me, but I thought maybe you know just with with Sherlock Holmes I could just jump on and get a second yeah. one, but uh, I guess I have to go and register separately. So I'll, I'll figure that out. I'll be on there by tomorrow. Uh, if you have any questions, just let us know. Yeah, it'll okay. it'll it'll keep your it'll, it'll you'll still be called Sherlock Holmes when, once oh, you get over be. there. Okay. Yeah, you just you'll have to earn your reputation from scratch because you have no gardening reputation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that that's reputation right. thing was fine. I was on this thing for a month before I even knew what that was. Yeah, I didn't a have number. a clue. Getting I said, what's all these numbers, Alex? <laughs> uh, not you, Alex, my Alex. I said, Alex, right. how come it keeps giving me these numbers? And they keep going up, and I, can, and, and I keep getting these, you know, these things, little things coming up, you know, the, like little <laughs> crosses. What is this all about? And he goes, Dad, that's, that's your reputation. I go, oh, I've got a reputation all right, but I don't want anyone to know about it. <laughs> we uh before we uh before we sign off jeff did you have any uh interesting announcements you want me to make or uh no mildly related to what steve just said we did start suppressing uh more notifications for for veterans on the network um because there was some concern that we were over notifying people so a little um, bit too much of that little the bar that appears at the top of the screen yeah. in a funny yeah color. that's toned down primarily if like actually steve exactly what you're describing when you go to gardening it's not going to tell you about as much because it presumes you sort of know sort of how things work, you mm-hmm. know, because you've been on DOI. So you're going to know some of the basics. So it's not going to give you quite as many notifications. Um, we thought that was a good change. That's the only thing I really wanted to mention. We've got uh, something under construction right now. I don't know if they announced it on the meta. It's sort of in a, in a private beta, but we're working on a feature to, um, uh, to send out a – oh, it is there – to send out a newsletter every week for sites uh, that you can subscribe to an email newsletter. And these are for sites that you're not participating in actively, but you just sort of want to follow or uh, maybe even one that you participate in actively and you don't want to forget about it. And we'll mail you uh, the seven most exciting questions of the week and um, some opening, some open questions, just a simple email with links to cool stuff that's going on on sites that you can subscribe to. Um, so that's something that's being developed by the developers right now. And uh, we're, it's currently in the uh, solicit feedback stage on uh, meta.stackoverflow.com, and it's question 96758. Um, also under development, um, we keep mentioning the Stack Overflow Dev Days at devdays.stackoverflow.com, four conferences for programmers, two-day conferences in San Francisco, Sydney, London, and Washington, D.C. And if you want to save $100 on that conference, use the coupon code PODCAST, P-O-D. C A S T. Spelling B complete. <laughs> I was having trouble with that one. I know. I was like, is Joel going to do it? Is he going to be able to spell can, can it? Do it? Can he do it? I was on the edge of my seat. I couldn't take it. <laughs> okay. Got me uh, all excited, too. Son yeah. of a gun. Well, you know, you know I, I joke about that, but we do that thing now. I have a two year old son, uh, Henry, uh-huh. and we do do that. We spell words we don't want him to hear because he gets really excited when, Useless. you know, cookie or something like that. Yeah. And then I, I start spelling cookie. I'm like, C O O. And then I feel like a total idiot. I'm like, how do you spell cookie? You just right. never really walk through you the letters, sure. right? It's like this whole process of <laughs> you feel like a total dummy. But anyway, I, yeah. I feel your pain, Joel. I laugh, but I feel your pain. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> um, can, I, can I throw a plug in for something under development? Yes, absolutely. My, my son is doing a new website, and uh, uh, it'll probably be up and running, bef- hopefully, before he heads uh, back to school in the fall. Uh, but it's going to be axiomhomeservices.com. Cool. And uh, I, I'm not going to be doing advice on it, but it is going to outline uh, home inspections, what's involved in home inspections, things of that nature. And hopefully it's going to be an informative site as well as an advertising site. But uh, um, I'm turning to the 21st century here, kicking and screaming. Awesome. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Alex, Great. we'll put that in the, uh, the show notes for sure. So it'll get linked to from the podcast entry when it's up. Yeah, make and sure if anybody uh, knows what the URL. Yeah, if anybody knows yep. what the definition of axiom is, then they get bonus points. The, yeah. I, I, I'm going to open a home service that says it's going to be corollary home services. It's not quite as good as axiom. <laughs> it's a slightly weaker kind of home, <laughs> home services product for people nice. that are not quite as axiomatic as uh, um, <laughs> all right well that's it you've uh, been listening to uh, Stack Exchange Podcast 10 we'll be back next week with special guest TBD TBD because I haven't heard back 
TBD. Uh, as, as to whether we got the guests. But we, oh, wait a minute. It's uh, it's July 5th. So we've got July 4th weekend coming up for you Americans. Yes. Uh, we'll be celebrating uh, Independence uh, Day. And I've been told that I have to push the buttons for the podcast next week. This seems yes. very, very unlikely. So well, either. That's why I put together the dedicated setup here. So because I don't want you on my actual yeah, computer. I, I think what's either going to happen is that the entire. With a, we're just going to. Alex will start recording the podcast on Thursday before he leaves for vacation, and there will be a five day long podcast, which he'll have to edit. That way, I don't have to push any buttons. Okay. Or um, we'll just completely screw it up utterly. So, next week's podcast may be a little bit exciting. Or, worst case scenario, next week's podcast postponed till 10 a.m. Wednesday morning. Yeah, I hope not. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll make it work. There's, there's got to be a way to do this. Yeah. I'll well, just, Steve, uh, thanks yeah. for making it on the podcast. This is really good. I really enjoyed this. It's awesome. It's yeah. awesome to hear well, a perspective of, you know, not a programmer because, you know, we're on our little programmer world and it's nice to sometimes step outside that. Very much. There you go. Yeah. It is a lot of fun, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. All right. Bye, everyone. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.